You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, hey, Fly on the Call is back with Break of Haircut. The band formed last year for First Timers Fest, a series of workshops designed to get more people involved in London's DIY scene that culminates in all the band's debut performances. With the do-it-yourself foundation and the goal of making the band a safe space for each member to express themselves, Break of Haircut plays a unique form of punk-tinged power pop. You can listen to last year's debut, What Did You Expect? I Got It Off the Internet, now. But rest assured that the band is quickly evolving and using the time on their own this year to come back with a release that's even better. So stay tuned. I guess I kind of wanted to start with the obvious. I mean, I know it took a little extra playing to get this interview together. Uh, so I'm curious how you've been, you know, weathering the pandemic as individuals and as a band. Do you want to go first, Jordan? You're, you're, you're closest. Um, okay. <laughs> as a band, I would say that we have been, we've been doing a lot of remote writing, which has made it much faster when we do come into the rehearsal studio. Um, it's been really cool to like, see how fast things actually come into shape when we sort of prep for it even a bit. Um, and I, like, I've been really enjoying that. We've been rehearsing bi-weekly for a little while now since about mid-July. Um, and that's been really exciting to see. Individually, I feel flat all the time. So like, there is that. <laughs> the big, like the big pressure of being like, oh, everyone feels pretty like not great right now, but also so do I. All right, I feel like I'm monologued. You guys best have some answers. <laughs> I guess yeah, it's been, it's been it's been weird. I think the band has been one of the things that's been helping to keep me sane uh, during mm. lockdown. So the the remote the remote stuff we've been working on, working out how to use that, working out how to sort of layer tracks remotely together. Uh, got my old Rocksmith 2014 cable out, and um, I can play my bass into Audacity on that. Sounds alright. So that was a nice surprise. Um, and then, yeah, since we've been able to actually get back and practice in person, it's, it, yeah, it's been really good. Like a little, a little stressful at first, cause you know, there's still, still the COVID about, but it's, it's, you know, it's good that I guess regulations are allowing us to get into, you know, we keep booking the biggest room we can at the place. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and rehearsing with, with masks on. Yeah. It feels like you're drowning when you're singing sometimes. <laughs> I, yeah. Like the first time we had a rehearsal back. I had a mask on and earplugs and my vision and my hearing were obscured. And I was just like, God, I feel like I'm literally underwater. I feel like I am a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worth it though. It's just, yeah, that's, that's been one of the, I, th- I think the band's been one of the, the best things for my mental health. Yeah. Being stuck in, because I, I don't even have a garden in my flat. So we, we have a communal garden, but we had to isolate for a couple of weeks at the beginning because my flatmate 
thought he had a fever. So, you know, and yeah, with no garden and a tiny flat, it was quite hard <laughs> staying in. We did, but it, it was, yeah, rough. Your garden also gets some characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know you mentioned you wanted to make sure like you were all able to record together for the this interview because, you know, part of your charm is in the group dynamics. And uh, could you tell me a little bit more about like that relationship that you have with each other? Uh, Ripley, do you want to take this with how we started? Friendship. I love it. Um, yeah, so I guess um, as a band we started, um, I, I put an advert on uh I think on one Facebook group and got directed to a few of you onto the first timers fest group. And I had this whole like manifesto thing because I'm a bit of a waffler when I write. <laughs> and uh, But I, I just wanted to have fun and have this like environment where we all like collaborate and share together and just be, be friends as well. Like not like you, you play and then you, you know, and then you just don't hang out other times and just, you know, disappear after practice. And um, after the ad, yeah, Delphine and Ishani replied to the ad and we, we met up, started writing and then uh, we, we had went through a couple of dramas and then I went to a first time as social and then uh, met someone who, who gave us Jordan's number and then Jordan got involved too. And I think one of, yeah, I think it's just being friends. Like that's our main thing, isn't it? It's yeah, so it, we definitely benefit from being in the same room and having like a group dynamic. That's most of the way that we see each other like all of our rapport is in person we all kind of uh, like I feel like I suck at texting I feel like everyone doesn't really like the texting thing uh so being in separate rooms is not great for us as a as a band or on a podcast I feel like actually I think we we did one interview on a like where we were in separate rooms but it was kind of difficult because like you just start talking over each other and stuff because <laughs> you don't just don't know when anyone else is gonna begin for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the that the band formed for the first timers fest, and I'm curious to hear a little bit more about like that experience. I know it's like a series of workshops that kind of ends in you know the first gig for everyone. Uh, like, how did that kind of go down? Um, so we like Ripley and I are actually on the first timers fest committee now, so we can say extremely well. <laughs> uh, like it was the the program usually starts in January. And then it moves through all of the instruments. I think I attended a couple of those. Did you attend more than a few? I, I went to loads. Like I, I, I think well, of because because categories as well. Like so, you you you, you know got to be doing something for the first time, or, or at least one person in the band has to be doing something for the first time that they haven't done. Um, someone in the band, at least one person in the band, has to have never been in a band before. At least one person needs to be uh, female, non-binary. LGBTQ plus or uh, someone needs to be a person of color mm -hmm. because we're meant to be promoting more diversity in the music scene and getting people who traditionally wouldn't have had access to the music scene, you know, a good place to start and find community. Um, I'd, I'd been in previous bands before, which hadn't, hadn't entirely worked out through, I think just, just through petering out or, or one being a particularly toxic situation. Um, so, so I had a bit of, prior experience I guess but. yeah I like I think that the rest of us Delphine has been in like she's performed in groups but never like in a, in a band that's writing stuff before I had never mm -hmm. been in a band before uh Jordan have you been in a band before he was in a brass band but not in like a band that plays their own material yeah um I found it like uh just wildly revolutionary as someone who is like I've always been uh, a musician and I was kind of encouraged into it by like my competitive parents 
So it was really nice to play in an environment where it wasn't a big deal and it was more of a collaborative thing. Um, and there wasn't like any pressure to be the best or anything like that. It was just about making stuff because making stuff is fun and that mm. was it. And I think we've kind of followed that all the way through now. Yeah, because I'd, I'd never I'd never written a song before and I'd never sung before. And I, I, I went to loads of workshops and I went I went to one on singing that really helped me just, just get the confidence to try singing with other people and then come in to like try singing a bit more with, with the band. And everyone's fine with me singing anyway, but it's just that initial bump of confidence because yeah. you're, you're worried that, you know, you might not be okay. And I did a songwriting workshop and then... From that, now, you know, I started singing backing vocals and now I sing lead on like a couple of songs and just starting at first timers and then and then nurturing it through like the really nice environment we've got within the band has, has really, really helped uh, me, me to yeah, try new things and get some confidence and like some, some also like I always ask Ishani for singing coaching as well. So <laughs> I think it's definitely been really great to have... Um to start with first timers because it kind of takes the pressure off and then you go and like we've we've all been pretty easy about it at Ripley from from description and not like going into too much detail but like Ripley's old bands have been like how could you possibly come up with your own lines uh which is completely like alien to all of us we all write our own stuff all the time uh so getting the opportunity to do that and being so far removed from the attitude of like oh I came in and I completed the song without all of you here is uh has been really great and I think that started with first timers yeah and I mean it seems like the the London scene kind of uh like embraced you pretty quickly I know you played like a whole bunch of shows last year and you got like a bunch of write-ups together and stuff I'm curious is that kind of like the vibe of like the first timers fest is that kind of like indicative of the rest of the scene or like how does the scene kind of like compare to your current experiences a lot a lot of the bands i saw on the london scene that came through first timers fest uh, sorry a lot of the bands that i saw on the london scene um because I, I actually discovered the london scene by watching a, i love a load of the, like the philadelphia and portland bands from america and uh, new jersey bands so I, i'd go to see the american bands and they'd be supported by the london scene and I think to be honest about 90% of the bands that I actually saw came through First Timers Fest. Like I went to go see Reviver and they were supported by Charmpit and I was like, oh my God, this band's so cool. And then one of the First Timers workshops, uh, the, the speed band mating workshop where um, uh, I, met, I met the girl who introduced us to Jordan. Um, yeah, it was being run by Charmpit and I was like, oh wow these people are like really nice and like people you know and they're not because you worry that band people might be like you know you've seen them on stage and you worry that they might be like oh i'm like so cool and whatever but no they're just really nice people and like there's a lot of that about in in, in i think the, a lot of the first timers bands that i've met i think we're green enough to have like avoided anything particularly nasty in the scene for sure which has been great like i couldn't knock that it's been great to be new everyone has been really like we we ended up headlining headlining isn't really the right word but like we finished the first time as festival we were playing last um and i think between us we had rounded up enough friends to like actually do some sort of chant uh so people kind of turned on to us quite quickly and i think it was because of that that's awesome yeah i mean i feel like the the group dynamic we've been talking about like really comes through on the ep because you know you can actually like hear 
everyone's instruments. I feel like it's, you know, a lot of times the bass kind of like gets buried in the mix, but you know, for in the EP, it's like very much up front. Um, yeah, we're a, we're a bass heavy band. Ripley is, Ripley has been described by sound people as like a monster. Yeah, <laughs> someone told me I play bass like a beast, and I was like, oh my god, this is my favorite compliment of my life. <laughs> and it has alliteration, so it's even better. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like, what can you tell me about how that, like, how your sound kind of came together? I feel like uh, some w- what tends to happen, like the way that we construct songs, is one of us will come up with an idea and then bring it in and everyone will kind of add their own stuff. So I think it's just because everyone's influences come together. Like Ripley is very like melodic bass driven and writes like these really interesting lines that go everywhere. Whereas I'm very much someone who refuses to play more than like six chords in a song. (laughs) So I think that between those two, like between all of us reconciling, uh, like Delphine is quite a bluesy guitarist and she really likes to, uh, she likes to play off things that are like uh, found in classic rock. And Jordan, you can talk about your own drums because I don't, I don't know. Like you're, you're a very fancy drummer. You guys do lots of interesting stuff that we wouldn't usually do as well. Definitely. Like for for a while when we wrote songs, we'd be like, "Ah, oh, Jordan, can you do like we want the drums to be like this?" And he'd be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, the, the same thing you always want me to do." And I think <laughs> we stopped doing it after that. I think because when like with the lockdown, we've been sort of writing remotely mm. that's helped a lot as well just like having time to sort of sit with the song and then try and work out something that's interesting rather than being like either here's the whole song just play what i've written because it's basically going to be your instrument that you're good at and then the three other ones that are yeah not to your strength and then yeah they can be good but they're not going to be as good if like you can focus in on them and then just having like tons of time to sit I'm lucky enough that I have a, a kit I can actually practice on quite regularly. So you can just sort of sit down and plink away until you've got something that you like aren't going to hate because you've got to play it a million times. So. For sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel like the, the music itself and as well as the way you go about it kind of has like this really early like punk feel the way you're kind of it feels like you're just like regular people grabbing instruments and then, you know, playing music that matters to you. Where does that kind of come from, that, that energy behind it? I think we're all just having a blast. Like, uh, to, to go back to your last question about, I think, like, a lot of our style comes from all of us being allowed to do our individual things and, like, go with it without sort of question or query. Like, occasionally I'll jump in with Ripley and be like, oh, theoretically, like, I'll put on my nasal geek voice, like, theoretically, this, is, this would be better if you resolved it like this, but I wouldn't, like, fucking force her to do anything. I Like, so I think that a lot of our style comes from just like who the musicians we've evolved to be individually coming together. And it's just being really open as well. Cause like, um, like sometimes it'll be like, you know, <laughs> like a will say that and I'll be like, Oh, what if, what if we tried it? You know, and it'll, it'll evolve in something or other times it'll be like, I, I have, I have no formal bass guitar teaching. So I'll be like, Oh yeah, that is, <laughs> that actually makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. So it's, it's also, I like that everyone has an, no one's, no one's particularly precious about what they do, but also conversely, no one's particularly mean to anybody else. So everyone, what's really refreshing about this group is everyone's really open to suggestions and trying new things. And then people being like, hey, how about, you know, we try this, you know, when people bring in songs. But, um, and also that people, people aren't mean, like, oh, how could you try this? You know, no one's ever like that. People are like, hey, how about, can we try this? Or, you know, and, and it works out great. I mean, like, it's, it's really nice 
And yeah, I feel like a lot of our punk uh, influence comes from your playlists. <laughs> just like whatever it please listening to at the time because I, I feel like a lot of the songs I write and then bring in would be like a lot less interesting without your bass lines uh, they would do a lot less things like when we were like absolute babies rehearsing for the first couple of times before we had Jordan uh, I had written like this parody pop punk album that I brought in and I was like oh let's just have a stab at some of these uh, and I'm struck by how like how much less interesting they were when I just had like this Blink-182 rhythm in my head as opposed to like the things that we make together now. I think that a lot, a lot of our punk sound comes from like the people that Ripley are listening to, is listening to at the moment. I think, I don't know, we get, we get a lot more texture as well from this stuff because yeah. everyone else brings in their influences as well. Definitely. So, like, but like that like punk bit. Oh, the punky bit. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, because your, your influences definitely bring in a lot, a lot more space to breathe <laughs> than, than what I might put in. And then, like, yeah, and then just a lot of the time, like, Jordan's drum recommendations as well, just, I think there's, there's one we've been working on, and I put a bass line up on the, uh, we've got a Google Drive, and I recorded a bass line, put it up, and then Jordan put this, like, drum beat on it, and I, I didn't really quite know what I wanted for the drums, I wanted it to be a bit punky, and I just listened to the drum line, and I was like, this is, this is, like, better than what I could have imagined in my head, and he'd added, like, a different beat in the like there's two two choruses at the end and you put a different beat in the pre uh, penultimate chorus and it just gave it all this space and it was like oh wow this is like a different direction to what i imagined but it's just so much better now yeah i, th I truly think we are pantsing it in terms of our style like <laughs> just flying by the seat of it but it's it's working up quite well <laughs> i think we have enough different like if we were all into the same stuff mm -hmm. there's a high chance that it would be like that genre yeah but it's if you just come with like oh this this is my bass riff that is of this genre exactly like i can't really we don't know how to play it so we have to sort of adapt it and then it that's what makes it a bit more interesting definitely like, i don't know i've definitely grown from like being like oh this is exactly what i want the song to sound like to oh you know what actually it sounds better when i think when other people think about it instead of me yeah, I think that like collaboration is like so important and it's it's really cool that you seem to have kind of like nailed it down so quickly for sure. <laughs> yeah, I like I think that's I feel like we are uh, maybe just making our own punk and that's ni like a nice way to do things. Yeah, I mean, that's the most punk way to do things is do it on your own. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like um, Kim Pine is kind of one of the not like quite an outlier, but it's like a, it stands out on the EP as kind of like more like haunting and you know almost like ethereal than some of the other songs. Like, how did that one come together? Uh, Ripley had a baseline for two years. Yeah, it's the I, I brought a baseline in, and it's it's literally the first complete uh, like musical line for a whole song structure that I'd ever done. And then I, I brought it to the others and, and said I, I wanted the song to be about like, uh, I don't know, like summoning ghosts or like I think demons I, and stuff. I wrote the lyrics to be about the movie Ouija, which I have never seen. Uh, I was just like, I hear this is a good one. More recently, apparently someone I know watched it and told me it was really bad. Yeah, so, I you know. <laughs> but um, it was kind of just, we, we messed around with it in the rehearsal studio a lot. Um, and then this bass line, I literally just followed the, followed the bass line with guitar. Um, I think you might have kind of suggest written Delphine's pop a bit, like some of it. Oh yeah, the, the, the beginning, the dun 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 yeah. dun 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 dun, I had, I had that down on, that I wanted that as yeah. part of the guitar. But then Delphine wrote that really cool bit that she added at the end that I like when it, when it builds into the finale. 
and it's yes. like bum, yeah. bum, 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 and it just, yeah, she added that, and it just gave it that extra bit of like oomph as it goes into the end. So like that was a that was a truly collaborative effort, um, and I'm pretty sure that Jordan also wrote the drums on that because we had that was we we wrote we wrote that together when we had a different drama, and then I don't think you copied it. That's fine. It's also um. Uh, is it Marcelo had a bunch of stuff to he put all like the effects so on. yeah our um the the recording artist Marcelo Rackmuth put on like a bunch of things that we didn't really expect to hear because we recorded that whole EP uh live so there were a ton of effects that we didn't have in the room when we were recording that we did we literally didn't even own pedals we yet. had one pedal for the entire band and it was owned by the bass player and it's it's my overdrive <laughs> But like Marcelo added a ton of stuff and kind of like came to he came to that song I feel with a lot of vision. Mm. Yeah, Marcelo gave it that ethereal sort of echo Easter. Yeah, you know the tech bit better than I do. Like I, I think I think he really understood what we wanted from it. Yeah, and, and now that's the next EP can have a, a mask effect on the vocals. You won't even need a pedal for it. <laughs> we have I think we have a collective of maybe eight pedals now. Yeah, we've really upped our gear this year. <laughs> Nice, nice. And I mean, you kind of, we were talking about like the, the hauntingness of Kim Pine and uh, it kind of comes through in a less dark way in Mystery Inc. Um, I know in your bio, you refer to yourselves as like a pop punk version of the Scooby-Doo gang. I'm, I'm curious who's who and why. Oh man, <laughs> I stole that from a review which described us as having described ourselves that way. And <laughs> now, like, I had, I hadn't, Ripley definitely doesn't want to be Velma. I got called Velma at school because I had glasses and a bob haircut. <laughs> Retrospectively, Velma's cool, but like, you know, there's a degree of, you know, yeah, I was called that at school for that and Harry Potter, like whichever character had glasses that people could think of. Never like fault children for their inventiveness. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I feel like I might be, I could be Velma. I wear a lot of turtlenecks. Are you wearing one now? I'm wearing one now. It's like, it's summer. Yeah, and I mean, lyrically, I feel like the music kind of aims to be like, it's relatable, but kind of like sardonic or like bleak with kind of like a tongue-in-cheek humor. Um, where did that kind of like mentality come from? How did you kind of like develop that as the message that you wanted to put out? Um, I think a lot of the, so like at the moment, Ripley and I have, on the EP at least, like we wrote most of the lyrics. Sometimes we write them together, like uh, Ripley will text me and be like, I have all these things, are they okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I might tweak something or the other, but I think like a lot of our lyrics come together. I, I personally approach songwriting with like the idea that I want to make someone laugh or that I want someone to hear hear what I'm saying and be like, oh, I really, I really relate to this, but in a in a kind of jokey way. So I think like I think that's just my sense of humor, though. I want people to like laugh at the things that I say, but also relate to me because if they were just laughing at me, that would be mean. I think I kind of just went into it without thinking. Like I was like, I want to write stuff. And at the start I was like, oh, I, I want to write as good as like, you know, um, as well as Kate Bush or Lauren Dinizio. Yeah. A lot uh, of your stuff is really, uh, like, really, really direct. Yeah, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not a poet. Like, I was <laughs> like, you know, and I was like, um, you know, I, I, I thought I wanted to write like that. And then when I started writing, it was like, writing's really hard. <laughs> Um, yeah, Delphine. Yeah. Oh, Delphine's here. Um, yeah, like I feel like you you write you write very directly. Yeah, um, a, a lot of your lyrics. Oh, like when you, um, Ripley has written 
Yeah, the mystery. first one was like, yeah. I think Mom, I Want to Be a Greaser was the first one. Yeah. I, I had about 50% of the lyrics for that. Like, you and really then we had a concept that. and then we just worked it out yeah. in a way that, like, it, it was just a, it was a 12 bar mm -hmm. blues and I was like, that's nice and simple. And then, and then I had, like, a chunk of the lyrics and we finished it. And then, um, yeah, Mystery Inc. was, was the first song that I, I wrote end-to-end -end lyrics for on, on the buses uh, to and from work over a week. <laughs> I'm curious, you've mentioned a couple times now how you've been working on newer stuff and I'm curious how like the kind of how it compares to you to your current release so I think that for uh, for the next one we have we're, we're kind of like I feel like our, our EP is fairly varied um the first one but the next thing that we do will be even more so by sheer quantity alone <laughs> um I feel like we've all had more of a like we've had had more time to develop ourselves individually and therefore everyone has a lot more of a voice on on the next thing that we do um and it's like it's really cool to hear everybody's parts being less subtle i think it's still still got some of the attitude of of what we did before but there, there are definitely some new ones that um have, have a different sort of style or vibe yeah like that, that maybe the new outliers um so we're trying something a bit different as well so it, it'll be interesting to see how that goes I think I've, I've definitely, I've, I've written some bass lines that hurt my hands. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and then stuck in lockdown, I did speed drills, so to see if I could play them faster and faster and faster, and now I can. Yeah, like a lot of our new stuff, uh, I think will be kind of bigger. I, I don't know, what, like, I feel like everyone says that it will just be bigger. Like, I feel like I, I hear a lot more of everybody in it, and that will be, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to, like, amplify everyone's voice here. We've got like more feeling songs as well. We do have more feeling songs. The ratio is high. Yeah. So many feelings. They're really hard to write compared to Vampire yeah, songs. Ripley wrote her first feeling song for this album, actually. Yeah, I've got two now. There's two. The second ones we started working on last week. <laughs> they're very hard. They're very emotionally <laughs> difficult compared to Vampires. Um, but then but then we got a couple of silly ones in there as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I think... I think it'll be really exciting to see what comes out because we haven't actually managed to do any recording yet. <laughs> so it will be great to see exactly how this turns. And also we're planning on doing track by track instead of, um, instead of doing it live like we did the last time. So the, last, the EP came together in literally two days, whereas I think this will have some more, some more breathing time, which will be really valuable. For sure. Yeah, and I, I feel like, you know, you've kind of said like the core of the band is kind of like being a safe space for each other, encouraging you know, each other to try new things. Um, like, how has that kind of, like, influenced uh, the new stuff? I don't think I would have written any feeling songs if I didn't feel safe with you guys. Yeah, like, I think it's it's testament that you've been able to write stuff here. I think everyone, like, people have been trying more things each, like, and trying new things, so... Yeah, like, I mean, I think also the evolution of tech is something that we've all kind of done together. And that's been, it's been quite cool to play with new sounds as a, as a unit instead of like as individuals. Um, Delphine, you also wrote like your first song. It's coming, it's coming like along. Yeah. But like you wrote your first song. Yeah, it, that. it's, it's in the, it's in the, the cauldron of boiling <laughs> and getting, getting ready. But it's, um, I'm not, um, I'm not a writer or a, a like a, musician by trade so it's a bit it's for me it's a bit more difficult to write anything and i think the fact that i can do it and not feel and feel confident about it then that makes it an easier process so i think 
to link to your question, I think the fact that we make it a safe space, it just allows anyone to try, try stuff and see if it sticks. And if it doesn't stick, it doesn't. If it does stick, then we have fun doing it. And I think that's quite an important thing when you're in a band. And you're in yeah. a band that, that when you're in your first band. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite an I, important thing. We've also jammed out a fair few, at least one or two songs on this, which we were kind of anti-doing before, but we've come around a bit. I'm so happy we started jamming this season. Like, yeah, yeah we've, we've begun to actually jam and that's like more entertaining I feel for Jordan and Ripley being like bass and drums but we get in there and it's like it's cool to actually make the stuff that they come up with uh, turn it out of a groove and into a song. Uh, that's been a really cool experience that we've gotten to do for the first time for the next thing that we do. We also made up a punk song about an egg last week as well. That was fun. We, what was it for? <laughs> I can't remember. I think I, I sat on an egg. Oh no, someone sat on a phone, on a phone and then that Delphine was like, I'm not sitting, and I was like, oh, I think Delphine's sitting on a shiny phone, and because we were looking for the phone, and then you're like, I'm not sitting on the phone, <laughs> it's here, <laughs> and I was like, no, you're nursing it like an egg, and and yeah, I I, <laughs> I have a weird brain, and then we started jamming about eggs. It's Yeah, it's been that like really nice to jam out songs, even if they are about like sitting on eggs. I think someday we'll release something like that. <laughs> That's really cool. Like, I feel like I've been, you know, this year I've been getting really into uh, a couple jam bands, like, you know, the Grateful Dead and Fish and stuff. And I think that is like something in music, like the improvisational nature of it is just something that's so impressive to me. Like, I'm not like a music minded, like, I love music, but I'm not like music minded in a playing way. So like, it just seems like so impressive to me that like, you're kind of able to like make stuff up on the spot like that. Some of us can very easily. Some of us, I can, I can relate to what you just said. Some of us don't, not so easily. So it's a bit more of a difficult process for me. Just it's history. Like I used to, when I used to learn the guitar, my guitar teacher, when I was a teenager, insisted I improvise all the time. And I, I'm a, I have a scientific brain, so it's really, really hard to just produce things for fun. But with these guys, it's been quite nice because. You can just join in whenever you feel like or whenever you feel comfortable, which makes it less daunting and less stressful, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think I also struggle with like, I'm not a, I'm not much of an improv like guitarist. I very much stick to my like, I, I do bar chords and I, I'm literally like, I make jokes about myself being like, oh, venturing past the seventh fret, how dare I? <laughs> uh, so I think it's like, I, I usually just follow in the jams but it's been like that's quite cool for our sound as well because we are quite bass driven uh so i kind of consider it an excuse to let these two do their thing <laughs> i think it's good like for just as an exercise as well because mm-hmm. when when we're it means we can read each other better so when you're on stage and something goes a little awry um which like before. yeah which has <laughs> happened um we we tend at least thus far you know touch touch wood but um we, we tend we've been able to get on track again quite quickly and I think improvising together makes you better at reading each other. So if something goes a little off track, or if, if I accidentally start a song at rocket speed, um, which I have done, um, then, you know, we can, like, yeah, as, as, as a group, like, as a sort of organism, sort of, you know, get back on track. I like the, like, I like the comparison to a, an organism, a finely tuned machine. Not, not a finely tuned machine, very much just like some kind of flailing amoeba. <laughs> Watching a lot of horror movies this week. <laughs> Which ones? 
see, I watched. Um... Did you watch? Uh, did you watch Ouija this week and tell me it was bad? No, it wasn't me. It uh, wasn't me. Dang. Ouija. <laughs> I feel like that kind of like the way you're talking about that, that kind of and the, the evolution of the band. It, it's really cool to like see that it's happening, you know, so quickly and like hear about it kind of in real time. And I think that kind of like harkens back to again like the, the safe space that you've created for each other to really just have you know that opportunity to kind of like create uh without kind of like fear of judgment yeah i think it's we have we kind of try to remember that, that you know this is a hobby that we enjoy doing very very much and we just want to have some fun like it shouldn't be when okay if one day we become super big and it becomes a job which you never know if it's gonna happen or not but for the time being it's all about having fun and if you are not able to just be yourself and be able to just do what you feel like doing at the time then suddenly it's not as fun and nothing not not much comes out of it so the safe space they're having fun and to actually talk to each other because you know it's important and talk about feelings because that's also very important that's what makes it a good environment and then makes it makes us progress to what the next step could be in that sense yeah i definitely think we have like the opportunity to check in with one another and be like oh if if someone's clearly not having fun this week like we can talk about it awesome yeah and i mean i feel like it's always really cool to kind of hear about you know I mean, it, it sounds like the first Summer's Fest was a very formative experience for you all, but I'm curious, like, uh, on, like, an Im- individual level, what were kind of, like, some of the formative music memories for you, whether it's, you know, like, a song or an album or a show or whatever? Yeah, it's a bit, like, first time was just, I am glad that it, it exists, because otherwise I would have never been able to do this. There's nothing more daunting than trying to reach out for people to try and make music and suddenly there's like this really high expectation that you should be able to perform at the best, the very best straight away and you have to be able to be in a band straight away and it's quite daunting when you've not either not played much music or never played music or not played music for a very long mm. time and I think first time is this like this little you know little bubble that actually it's okay to not be perfect or to you know mess up sometimes and learn still because we're always learning and it's quite nice to be able to do it in a very supportive environment and discover that actually playing gigs is quite fun music yeah. is good for mental health music is good for everything so it's i'm glad it's there and i you know we just try our best to promote it and support it as much as we can yeah i think like significant gig experiences uh, or like album experiences i know that like a couple of these guys have gone to Ripley and I have gone to concerts together and I know that like you guys have planned to go to it was MCR it was MCR. Delayed by a year I've waited 14 years to see him ah. they were actually my first concert <laughs> oh, oh I'm so jealous what was your first concert Ripley <laughs> bullet for my valentine at the nice. Alexandra Palace on the screen I'm fine someone was more evil than, than I oh this is just so cute I can't even remember my first concert I've been to so many uh, was there one that was like formative? Not really. The, the very first one was like some kind of boy band that never turned up. So it was actually a bit disappointing. But then <laughs> I come from the very deep end of France and to go to a gig, you would have to drive about an hour. And that wasn't something that I did in my t- teenagers, teenage years. Oh, actually, no. My first concerts were 40 licks by the Rolling Stones when they did their 40th nice. career. Um, 
kind of World War Two, and we were so far back, and I was just not really impressed because we were so far back, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's a bit boring. It's like not because it was a stadium, and we were really far, and it just wasn't so. I think so fun. Like formative gigs for me would probably be when I started. Like I'd seen, I'd seen some big stadium bands, and I'd seen Green Day, and I'd you know seen seen bands in big stadiums. But when I started seeing bands in small venues. Um, I, th I think that started me and my mate. It, it was it was after uni, and we went we went into London so we could see Screaming Females, and like what a show! And Do you remember what venue that was? It was at the Lexington. Oh, nice! And th they played an amazing show. Like the crowd, they like the front row of the crowd was like really into it, and then like the rest, a big chunk of the rest of the crowd was waiting for an indie night or something. And it's like, can you not see how amazing all of them are at their instruments? But I've seen them several times since, and the crowd's been like electric. But we started seeing, like, yeah, a lot of the bands coming over from the like American like DIY punk scene and stuff, and, and like Warriors and like it's like Taco Cat. Taco Cat was fun. Yeah, they're so good. And like I started seeing some of these bands, and that's how I got across like the London scene as well, because I go see these American bands that I love, and then they're supported by. Um, these London bands and I started being like oh okay this is like this is this is achievable there's a scene like and these bands are great and this is this is so fun and it's actually more fun than than you know the really really big shows so I think those and a lot of stuff at the Dome in Tufnell Park and all that um, so they're, they're all you know sort of influence that sort of scene um, I'd also chuck in Guitar Wolf because that was just the wildest show. Like a time yeah, all time it was the wildest show I've been to in my life. Like, I was surprised I didn't get hurt, but it was amazing. <laughs> what about you? No, I'm trying to think of good shows. I remember seeing Converge being that because they were supported by some band. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. And it was what was interesting is because I went and I saw that so the only band starts and no one's really doing anything. And I'm sort of really excited to see Converge. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a bummer because like, it's giving really low energy. You're like, mm. you know, Converge are fast. I'm like, that's going to suck. And then they went off and then Converge came on and it was just like a, like a, everyone just realised like, oh, now we, now we now do. We have, now we have fun. And then it was, they just played for like, I think played for like an hour and 20 minutes and they just sort of, it was just amazing non-stop, non-stop action. Another really good one. I saw Magma, which uh -huh. is like, like a French prog band from like a, <laughs> yeah the French do that a lot yeah but they prog stuff <laughs> but they go they lost like they're formed by the drummer and he's he was like a military drummer so it's not like it's all like snare stuff but I saw them and he's he was old as hell and then everyone else everyone in there was also like really old apart from like a few inside xylophone players <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, also, they played for 90 minutes and they played, it was four songs. Wow. The whole 90 minutes. And they didn't stop. There wasn't That's like, wrong for you. Yeah, and they just went, but he was, Go on. So he was like, he's got to be in his 70s and he was just shredding and just like, he looked like a sweating lunatic, but he just kept going. <laughs> Oh, I think it depends like when it comes to gigs, it really depends what you want to get out of it. Like I absolutely love, like I go to gigs all the time like that. Since I've been in London, that's what I've been doing, and that's where all my money goes, really. And I I love big stadium gigs because it's usually big bands and the production. Like, if you go and see Muse in a massive stadium, it's packed, and the production value is amazing. And But I also equally like really, really, really small gigs because 
you actually get to feel part of it, part of what the band is putting out there. Mm. And it's actually quite, it depends what you want to get out of it, really. I feel like my most major form, like my most recent major formative music experience was finding out Radiohead's and Moonshape Pool had come out. Uh, and I remember I was at my friend Jack's house and uh, Will, my boyfriend, could like see me sort of like sitting there sweating, being like, this album is out and I have this in my bones now. So I have to like just sit here and take it until I can go home and listen to it. And I think <laughs> I, I might have listened to it in the bathroom for a little bit. <laughs> uh, and then I went home and I did listen to it. And I was like, this is all right. And I realized I had grown out of it a tiny bit and maybe there's hope for me yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, with you guys talking about that, it sounds like, you know, the energy is like a big thing that you kind of look for at a live show. I'm curious how that kind of like translates into a break a haircut gig. Uh, before every show, even if it's on stage, we all like do a, we have a group huddle where we calm down for 10 seconds. <laughs> and then we just go a bit crazy. And then we hype up. Well, there you go. Well, we there's kind of an unspoken rule that we do not feed Ripley any more caffeine at least half an hour before the game. Or sugar. <laughs> or sugar, because otherwise Ripley just goes a bit crazy. And, and then, then crashes. we play all our songs about 10 or 15 BPM quicker. <laughs> 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 and then Ripley crashes, which we don't really want either. Yeah, there was the one time we got delayed uh, by quite a while and I, I timed it wrong and I, I crashed really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, fortunately, I have a little background in biology so I can and pharmacology, so I understand the half-life of caffeine, which means I can just about modulate time just about time for when Ripley is just on the right level. But the thing is, since the main, for me, the main thing I hope for you guys as well mm. is like, we just want people to have fun. You just go out to a gig to have the fun. So if you're on stage and you don't actually have fun yourself, how are you expecting people watching you? Mm. Like, so? I think that whenever I walk into like the rehearsal studio, I always, always leave feeling a lot lighter and better than when I came in, mm. even if I'm not expecting to. Uh, like I can, I don't think that it has happened where I have gone in and been like, oh, I'm feeling really shitty and I've left feeling the same way. Mm. Uh, and I think a lot of like that walking on air feeling is conveyed in our in our gigs as well. Like it's just like, God, we, we have a really good time. I think we did also learn reasonably early on that the stages are tiny. So we learned to, during sound check, to check how much space we all had so we didn't accidentally crash into each other. <laughs> we frequently nearly crashed into each other. <laughs> there was definitely a set that ended and me and Ashani both sort of chucked our guitars up in one hand. Like, but towards each other by accident didn't realize how we close didn't hit we got each, to each other. other yeah and the set ended with both of us kind of trying to do a cool move instantly stopping and being like oh were you okay <laughs> very emblematic moment i feel it's also our songs like they have energy like can you imagine you'd be pissed if you just <laughs> listen to a fast band and then they just sort of drone along when they're playing it so True. you've got to give it something also, like that's like the fun bit. Like yeah. you're playing live. Is, we like uh, to play fast. Is also like the like the sound check is kind of quite monotonous, and then you just sort of like sit around for a bit, like eating chips and trying to not get sleep, not get too drunk, and then like you get the sort of thirty minutes of like adrenaline. It's very funny that you said drunk and I said sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's definitely different mindsets for sure. <laughs> And then um, I always like to kind of just wrap up by asking, you know, for a piece of advice or something you've kind of been thinking about um, that you kind of want to just share with the audience. Uh, I can't go first on this. Someone else to go first. 
um, I would say if you want to pick up an instrument or pick up music or sing or do something, just do it. Like take that first leap. Um, it's worth it. It's, it can be scary and a bit daunting, but if you get to speak your truth because of it, then it's all worthwhile. That'll be my uh, to be worth, two bits worth. Okay, I've done the first one. You guys oh, you that one. <laughs> Ooh, I think I, I like I think something that's been coming on to me lately is like uh, with lockdown especially I've been thinking about how important it is to just go easy on yourself um, like recently like with friends going through hard times or breakups or whatever it's just been oh, like feeling invalidated by existence I just want to shake everyone by the shoulders and be like all you have to do is exist and it's okay if you didn't make anything or do anything or go to work or whatever, you can just be. And that's like, that's enough. Uh, and I wish I could just like instill that into everybody a little bit. I guess, yeah, don't, don't be, don't be scared to start things. Mm. Um, like fear of failure is a big thing. Um, and like, yeah, I, th I think that can get in the way and you can trip yourself up and, uh, and, and like sometimes my anxiety makes me think like don't don't do stuff like you know like you know scared to try something as a band or like scared to you know just talk to people sometimes and it's just that that first step's the hardest bit mm. and then if you can if you can get over that then the rest of it's like you know free you know riding your bike downhill you know but it's, it's just it's just getting up that one step and you, you can you know gather up the strength for that and if, if you kind of stuck you know or at least at least i'm lucky that i've got friends that can help it's better to try and fail than just regretting not trying yeah i think also you've like really really come to like uh represent that through like overcoming the pitching to band awkwardness like when you pitch a song to the band for the first time and you're like oh no does everybody like it do they think i'm bad do they like what's wrong Oh, I can see it in everybody's face. They must hate it. And then you're, you stop playing and everyone's like, oh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I was tidying my room um, as well. Wow. Lockdown. Yeah, no, <laughs> lockdown made me tidy and uh, took a global pandemic. And I, I found a note that I'd, yeah, it's a good point. I found a note that I'd written um, for Mystery Inc. to pitch Mystery. And it was like this whole list, like in, in, paper, in pencil written on the back That's of a- song about the vampires. Yeah. Reasons we should do it. Yeah, <laughs> on, on, on the back of a like missed post note. <laughs> just like, I think this might be good because, yeah. And we were all just like, yeah, it's chill. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, Jordan, Jordan you had your time advice. to uh, think about your life, like yeah. defining advice. Well, yeah, this, this will, this will be several pieces of advice streamed together. They all have been. Yeah, but so have do like a bunch of things. Don't don't the, put all your eggs in one basket type thing. Like try a bunch of stuff. My I made masks. The first three were like terrible. Then the fourth one is like fine. And now I've made like ten or eleven, and they're pretty good. So like you get much better, much quicker. You just have to start. And stick with yeah. it. Yeah, and you also realize like you, there are basic things that you'll know that are like transferable, like just ways of like making something that you'll do from something else that will transfer over. So don't be scared of sucking. Uh, the other thing is, you know, most people don't actually care if you make something. Like they're not gonna like. Don't be afraid of someone being like, oh, what if they think it's bad? Like really. If they're your friend, they're going to like it because they're your friend. 
and they know that'd be rude to be like, it sucks. Uh, everyone else is just going to be like, yeah, sure. And then move on with their day. So you don't have to be sort of worried about a rejection. A lot of top of the hill advice here. Yeah. <laughs> like real like, oh, just do it. Just the, just, yeah, just do it. Just do it, band. And we've reached the end of another episode. Thanks so much to Break a Paracut for taking the time to talk, share their positivity, and maybe inspire you to pick up an instrument for the first time. I'll be honest, I've been having a bit of a rough week mentally and considered skipping an episode, but listening back to our conversation really felt good, and I'm glad I made the decision to get it ready and post it. Also, huge shout out to the podcast Getting Better with Ron Funches. Ron is such a funny and talented guy, and hearing the affirmations he starts the show with and the conversation he has always helps when I need that little push towards a better mindset. Fly on the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyOnTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at findthecallpod at gmail.com. And for those who need it, you've got this. Whatever struggles you're facing, you will make it through, and things will get better. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.